Well, we're excited to have most of our panel back for our discussion of Deja Vu uh, here at Paranormal. Uh, I'm Mike Kaiser, and with us, again, we have most of the crew. We have Doug Van Dorn, and we've got Brian Gadawa, Doug Overmeyer, and Trey Strickland. And Natalina is not with us. She's not feeling well. She has a, a respiratory problem, so we're going to have to, you know, steer the ship without her. But, you know, Lord willing, she'll get better soon and be back with us when we do our next topic. So this time we're doing Deja Vu and the articles were there were three of them. And the first one, I'm going to take them in chronological order. Uh, This is actually how I read them as well. Alan S. Brown, a review of the Deja Vu experience. That's from Psychology Bulletin, volume 129, number three. It's a 2003 article. And then Anne M. Cleary. Recognition, Memory, Familiarity, and Deja Vu Experiences. That's from the journal Current Directions, Psychology Science, Volume 17, Number 5 in 2008. And then lastly, uh, Alan S. Brown again with Elizabeth J. Marsh, Digging into Deja Vu, Recent Research on Possible Mechanisms. And this is from Volume 53 of The Psychology of Learning and Motivation. So that's a series edited by Brian Ross, Burlington Academic Press in 2010. So the, the first one of these was sort of a, a survey, you know, not terribly short, but not, not real long either, but a survey of how people do research on deja vu and the, the spectrum of opinion uh, when it comes to, you know, what they think might be going on. And then Cleary's article sort of drills down on one explanation in particular. And then Brown and Marsh sort of update uh, the older Brown article. So seven years later, kind of a, a survey of, you know, sort of the, the state of the question, at least as it was in 2010. So it's a little old, but again, more recent than the first Brown article about what possibly might be the explanation. So I'm going to start for the sake of our audience with uh, Cleary's definition in her abstract of deja vu. And she writes, Deja vu occurs when one feels as though a situation is familiar, despite evidence that the situation could not have been experienced before. Until recently, the topic of deja vu remained largely outside of the realm of mainstream scientific investigation. However, interest in investigating the nature of deja vu is growing among researchers of cognitive processes. So, Again, I think we all sort of know, you know, what deja vu is, but again, that's sort of the official definition that Clear, Cleary adopts. And then she makes the comment that, uh, you know, interest, scientific interest in this has been relatively recent. But there's actually a good bit of material, um, I would say, from 2000 onward uh, on this topic. So to, to start, let's let's take a survey here with examples, if you like. So who has a good instance of deja vu and please don't anybody say this episode okay? yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, i feel like we've done this before uh, so who's got a good one or, or at least you know yeah you know this has happened to me well i'd like to start off i i'd probably Go say ahead. that um i i get deja vu quite a bit i mean i i it's it's weird i get it quite often but what really 
makes me know this is this is a true phenomenon is the earliest one is probably when I was about five years old. Mm-hmm. And I had an episode of Deja Vu when I was in a grocery store with my dad, which, you know, I was always with my mom going to the grocery store. But from, for some reason, I was with my dad and I kind of got lost and I walked around the quarter. And when I hit the aisle and I saw him and everything, the way everything was, there was a pole in the middle of the aisle. It freaked me out so much. I started crying because I, I, I remember like I've already been here, done this. And, and it freaked huh. me out. And as a kid, and I just started crying because I was so scared. And, and then ever since then, I'm not kidding. I have it probably once a month, if not more. And just last night, my wife had it. I mean, it's just like, and, 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 and it's, and it happens frequently and it freaks me out. So I, I think there's something to it. See, I had never heard about case, you know, in, people that do have this frequently, but the articles mentioned that. So you actually, you're in the frequent mm-hmm. column. Constantly. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I just didn't realize that. Uh, anybody else? I, I've had deja vu many, many, many times too. Uh, but the the articles, I think all three of them said that as you get older or as people get older, they seem to experience it less. Yeah. And that's probably the truth with me. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I think the biggest, the, the one I remember the most was uh, up in Grand Lake. I would think it was probably junior high, late elementary school. And um, it lasted for probably five minutes. It was the craziest thing everything about the situation and I'm in it, you know, and I'm telling people I'm having deja vu. And, and when that's happening before it usually ends right there, but this one just kept going, kept going and going and going. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can wow. hold it. I, I can hold it. If I'm still, I can, I can be in the moment and hold it. And it lasts a while too. It, it's weird. <laughs> Is that like holding it before you going to the bathroom or exactly. That's <laughs> and then all of a sudden Let I wet it, my pants. It's crazy. Yeah. That works. yeah. What's the physical mechanism for that? Yeah. Well, this is Gadawa, and um, I have to say that my my experience of deja vu is much like my memory. It's it's not very good, and I have had you know probably a dozen throughout my life, but they're all they're basically the the versions that that we'll probably be talking about called gestalt gestalt um, or gestalt uh, experience, where it's more the general feeling, nothing specific, you know. So I've just had that, and sadly, I must admit, I am in the category of the older you get, the less you have them. So I really haven't had any for years myself. Mm-hmm. I, I had some uh, recently. I don't have it frequently, but I, uh, it, it comes on so strong and it's so freaky in the moment that in the last several years I've tried to like, okay, is this happening because something important is about to happen, you know? And, and so I'm like, just really remember what's going to happen next. And of course, nothing ever happens next. That's important. And I mean, the last time it was just like in the kitchen talking to my wife. I'm like, oh, I'm having deja vu. And I'm thinking, all right, am I going to get an important phone call? Am I, is something going to happen? <laughs> uh, no, and it's nothing important happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the, I'm in the category kind of like what, what Brian said. I, I know I've had this, you know, happen, uh, but it never it's very fleeting. It's infrequent. There, there's, I can't really point to anything that's, you yeah. know, specifically memorable. I just know, you know, what it is. And I know that, that I've, you know, had this experience now, you know, I, you guys mentioned some of the, you referenced the articles real briefly, but they do say, as you get older, you're going to have less, you know, of this, uh, like Brown in his conclusion at the end, he said, deja vu is experienced by a majority of the population. That was striking to me 
like his article with that big table about the, the percentage of experiences, experiencers, uh, or as they put it in the article, experience with a TS at the end, um, <laughs> like two thirds of the population statistically has, has had this happen, which was, I, again, that was something I just didn't expect going in that it would be that pervasive, but experienced by a majority of the population occurs about once a year and experience again, on average, the incidence decreases with age, but increases with education and socioeconomic class. Uh, again, that, I, I was a little bit mystified as to why that would be. Deja vu is more common under conditions of stress and fatigue. So there you go, Trey. Maybe that's why you're always under stress and fatigue. Uh, you probably had you probably you probably had something every day this this last week. Oh my god! Uh, and it, it's experienced more frequently by persons who travel. Social acceptance of the phenomenon appears to have increased over recent decades, though déjà vu historically has been linked to temporal lobe epilepsy and schizophrenia. This association has not been convincingly demonstrated. I think all of the articles commented on that as well. Uh, explanations of the phenomenon have included, and then he gives the grocery list. So there, there were, a, you know, just, it was a grocery list. I mean, there were a lot of proposed uh, explanations without getting into too much detail. They, they include momentary alteration in the normal operation of two usually coordinated cognitive processes. Second broad category would be neurological dysfunction, like very, very mild seizures of some type that slow synoptic transmission. Third broad category, implicit memory activation based on familiarity of processing object or gestalt configuration. And then lastly, unattended perception under distraction followed immediately by a fully aware perception. So these are like four broad categories having something to do with the way your brain either processes information or stores and retrieves memory. Or again, this, this, you know, temporal lobe mild seizure thing, which again, all the articles say there's really not, that's really not a, an explanation. So what, what did you all think of the options here? I mean, let, let's evaluate some of them. So before evaluating, I'll give you this one. Um, okay. This comes from the from early in the in the earliest article. He he's talking okay. about the relationship that some have tried with out of body experiences, poltergeist channeling, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So right before we got on here, I decided to look up channeling and deja vu, and up comes this <laughs> four minute explanation from your angelic guide, Taryn Creamy. <laughs> I just we thought missed, it'd be interesting. We missed of, that article. Because <laughs> I thought, like, they didn't really talk about any of the supernatural stuff. So th- this is just crazy. And her definition is deja vu is the conscious awareness of your shift from one parallel reality to another parallel reality, all depending on your choices and the vibrations you choose to resonate with. And then. She says that uh, I, I'm taking this some sort of new age, like we're all we're all part of the one or whatever. In higher realms, you are you are consciously aware of all realities at all times, and you can see how all realities will play out. But every once in a while, the mind perceives the shift between realities, and it has no way to process it, so it perceives it as a replica of what has already been perceived. 
<laughs> and then that is her explanation yeah. of so Daniel. yeah, that's a new age spin on the on the on the memory processing thing. But I mean, you can see that that's a good it's it's a good place to to point out. I mean, you can see how difficult it would be to empirically, you know, demonstrate or prove. Not only that, I mean, first of all, we got to know about the, all these alternate planes and if we can visit there and if we could have memories from that, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, how can you empirically prove that? But that not only applies to that one, but any of these, it's, there are a couple of articles that, that sort of postulate, well, how would we set up an experiment to do this or that or the other thing that would be relevant to this possible answer? And it, it's not easy. I was I was impressed with how, with the experiments in the third article, the most recent one, how yeah. how they were trying to uh, test. Um, yeah, it, I can't I, I can't easily or quickly describe them. Just the re- readers should just go and read the articles. But they, I was just really impressed with how they were trying to trigger memories and like plant memories and then try to trick. They weren't yeah. trying to trigger deja vu, deja vu, but they did trigger deja vu, and and they were sort of surprised after their memory tests, did any of you guys experience deja vu and a, and a sizable number of the participants did, um, that I, you know, I, I think the, the, the sort of the cult or new age, um, per, meanings behind them. It, it's interesting because you, it's so, it seems so rare, so weird that maybe it should be important, but 60% of the people are experiencing this. It's not really that rare. It just feels weird. And yeah, I, yeah. I was I was really stunned by that too. Yeah, I too also thought that those were really fascinating. But I think they're very helpful. The studies that they gave were very helpful in at least starting to uncover uh, the 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 reality that nowadays, because of neuroscience, mm-hmm. we are now beginning to realize, you know, all, and all the studies on memory, you know, the the mind's ability to confabulate. You know, or false memories. All these things have been, and and that's not just a academic exercise. It's been a, you know, false memories is a very relevant thing in our culture at large, right? So I think that they're they're starting to uncover these things already, and I think the studies were helpful in that same, you know, sort of direction. You know, for example, for me, the one that I found interesting um, that stood out to me was, you know, they they had students who were going to visit various schools. And they would show uh, mundane or specific pictures of uh, actually locations of, I think it might have been Duke because they were Duke students, but you know before they ended up there or something, you know they were visiting other schools, right? And so they showed images of schools that they had not visited, as well as images of Duke or you know schools that they had visited, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, they and then then like. They let the kids go and do their, you know, school visiting, and then like a week or so later, they they uh, showed them images again, and the students would have recall imagery of or recall experiences uh, of of the locations they hadn't gone to because they had seen the pictures, you know, and that mm-hmm. that to me was a powerful example. And I mean, there were many other studies that we can talk about that you know, gave similar results, but I think that was a powerful example to me about even how, you know, I've, I've, I noticed my own life in terms of the, you know, memory and confabulation and stuff, how much I forget details. And I just know through my own experience, I forget a lot of details, but I remember general 
sort of experiences. And so it makes sense to me that why I might in my life ex, uh, be experiencing patterns, whether it's visual patterns or pictures I've seen. I've seen a lot of movies. They also said that in one of the papers yep. that people yeah. who see a lot of movies have this, you know? And that makes sense to me because a movie is a very experiential, dynamic, moving imagery. And if you watch a lot of that stuff, it would make sense that you would have a pattern recognition. Uh, uh, you, you'd have a multiple amount of pattern experiences that you can draw from that could therefore give more likelihood of quote having experienced something similar that would trigger this you know what i'm saying that that was that to me made a lot of sense yeah and that would be the same for travel as well so you have this you sort of have this template um you know series of either visualizations or you know, patterns. And then your, yeah, your brain can just drop things in there where they quote unquote belong, but you've never actually been to that place or seen that thing, it, you know, like in person, you know, you might've seen a picture or read something or whatever, but your brain can, can just drop those bits in where they fit in this sort of panoramic, you know, template. So that, I, I agree that that does kind of make sense. You know, that, um, the, the, the first example, uh, you, you talked about with the students. I mean, you read something like that and I don't know how you could not see or, or, or at least seriously entertain that the explanation for this is just, again, you know, memory retrieval, you know, and, and again, the way your brain processes information. But, you know, boy, if it's, you know, like, I, I again, I, I didn't really ever hear that it was so frequent in some people. So I don't know I'm kind of interested to to hear what Trey thought about, you know, some of the explanations because he has this so frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was interested in the epilepsy part. My son has epilepsy. So uh, uh, I, I really never really thought about it my whole life. I always connected it to more spiritual. You know, I thought, you know, I'm a big believer in the supernatural. So I always equated it to that. I didn't put much thought into the actual, you know, science of it. So reading this and the, and the, uh, it's just so hard to replicate. Um, it, but, but what really, um, affects me is I still feel the scariness of when I was four or five years old, when I had it for that first time. I mean, it's, it has stayed with me my whole life and it was so scary. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, maybe it was a form of epilepsy. I don't know, but, and the reason why I bring that one up because it was such the strongest one again, because I was so young, but I, I don't think I'd ever been in that store before. You know, I mean, it was a new situation, a new store. I don't think it was repeated memories over and over and over where I've been to the same grocery store. It was a new environment with my dad. It never happened before. I've probably the only time I've ever been to the grocery store with my dad, you know, so I didn't have past memories to draw upon, um, in that situation. So, um, Talking about the neurological aspect of it, you know, I, I read all this. I've never really put much thought into that, so that was interesting uh -huh. for me. But for me personally, like I said again, it's more spiritual. Is kind of how I always thought about it, and you know, there's no explanation for that. You know, you can't how would that right? Although but it's, it's I would unpack say, that a little bit. Yeah, I'm I, I, just to not to challenge you, Trey, but just to at least throw out, uh, I think uh, qualifying information. They did indicate that, uh, despite your personal experience, though, they did indicate that the tendency, or you know, the statistically, uh, the two ends of the spectrum, the el the older and the younger, tended to have it less. Mm -hmm. Tended to experience deja vu less, and and that that's significant 
in, in, I think in some way. Not, not, it's not discrediting what you're saying, but it, it certainly tends to support at least the general notion that uh, regardless of certain anomalies like your own, the general tendency is the more you experience, the more you're exposed to, the more likelihood you have of experiencing the deja vu, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. I, th- I think may, I, I can't speak for the researchers, but I, I think a researcher would probably ask you, well, did you ever go anywhere with your dad, like to any store? Yeah. You know, and if you did, then they would say, well, that's your brain dropping your dad into this other thing. You know, like, like sure. your, your brain is, would be like trading data points, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm more interested, like when you say it's spiritual, what, what do you mean by that? I mean, I, I, I don't think you mean that there's some spiritual being dropping things into your head, you know, and, you know, kind yeah. of freaking you out. But what, what would, what do you mean? No, I, I don't think that at all. And honestly, I, I don't know what I mean by that. You know, if I really mm-hmm. f- think about it, it's, it's, it's part of that supernatural ununderstanding of how things work in that realm. I don't know. You know, I have no explanation for it. Just to me, it's, I, I just always thought about it in those terms. You know, whether I know that's kind of new agey, I, but I, well, I kind of go down trying to study it. You know what I mean? I didn't try yeah. to pinpoint, oh, there's some angel dropping me into some inter, another dimension and oh, there's two of me and we're crossing paths at that moment. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I have no idea, you know, I, well, I kind of I kind of think I know what you're feeling here because this is this is related, but it's off topic. At some point, we're going to do precognition as a, as a topic. And I've, I've done enough reading already in precognition to feel unsatisfied with the scientific possibilities. And so, I mean, I, I have a very specific instance of precognition and the parameters are, are kind of like what you're describing. It was, it was knowing what was going to happen in a place I had never been. And, and I'm sure I had never been because it involved a friend moving to a different state and it was the first time I'd ever visited the place. You know, so I don't want to get into to what happened, but but I could I could play the scene out before it happened, dialogue and everything. And I've done enough reading with with precognition to just feel really unsatisfied with the the explanations. And so by default, that sort of t- takes me out of the experimental scientific bucket. And now, what am I left with? You know, some you know, if we want to call that the spiritual bucket, okay, but. I'm I'm there in that instance because nothing else really helps, you know that that sort of thing. So I, I kind of I kind of get the feeling a little bit that yeah I haven't really come up with a a postulate, you know how to how to articulate this in, in a quote unquote you know spiritual way, but that's just where I'm at because nothing else really helps. Well, you know there it has, is a, it has less satisfaction. As I say, there is a component of precognition that. The deja vu has as well. They they, they had mentioned that you know yeah, almost like as if you know what's going to be said. Yeah, so yeah. it relates. Yeah, it it's not. I can I can I really understand, especially like in 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 the Brown and Marsh article, they talk about surgical elimination of deja vu. Yeah, and then surgical mm-hmm. elicitation. I mean, it, that that tells you that there's at least you know maybe not every case, but at least a, a you know it's valid to say that there's something going on here with brain function because you couldn't just turn it on and turn it off, you know, if that wasn't the case. Um, but again, that, that, that raises the question, well, how do we understand the, the connection between consciousness and brain function and all that stuff? But, yeah. 
I found it interesting, though, that at the same time that they they were, you know, they brought that up, uh, you know, um, the epilepsy and the lead brain lesions and all that kind of stuff, they still cautioned that pathology is not, um, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not the best of things to study because by definition it's pathology, and yeah. and and that you know. <laughs> And, and, which, of course, I actually do agree with in principle. It, it, like you say, it, it gives you at least maybe an indication of possibility, but you can't be studying pathology in order to determine normality, normality right? Right. But they, right. but in the in the 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 last you know article, they also bring up the fact that you know even if even if that is the case, the truth is, is that uh, causality is not singular anyway. So there could be multiple things that cause it. There could be you know. D- different things at different times that can cause it. You know, so yeah, it could be uh, in one case epilepsy. It doesn't discredit the fact that other things could be causing it in different people. And and I appreciated that because it showed their openness to uh, understanding causality is not this. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's no one to one. Yeah, yeah, which was helpful. yeah that yeah that I, it was nice that they weren't so gullibly oversimplistic. You know, so yeah, I, that that was nice that they. They were far more thoughtful, you know, than that. What did we think about the the one section in Brown and Marsh reports in anomalous individuals? This is where they had blind, like uh, the case of a blind person, mm-hmm. where the deja vu. What can't it can't be visual, but it's auditory, you know, and 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 involving smell. You know, what did you think about that? I that's kind of why I. I think maybe there's probably more than one cause uh, of this experience, but I really like the the explanation that there's something asynchronous going on in the brain where, you know, when we're perceiving something, the brain, different parts of the brain are receiving it to, um, synchronized. They're synchronized. Yeah. But then for some reason, and it's just like, and this was actually an early explanation back in the 1800s. I, I thought that was fascinating that, well, maybe maybe some of the information is taking a different path, you know, and it just comes out of sorts for, for a second or, you know, maybe in a few minutes. And then uh, then it syncs up again. And and then people tend to forget that they later you're like you kind of like it's almost like a dream state, too, where they said sometimes people who dream tend to have it. And. But then often people forget their dreams as soon as they wake up. So it's like it's almost like the brain realizes that it was asynchronous and it was trying to forget it because it wants to sort of move on in, in a bound sort of way. I mean, that's that's a really abstract way of trying to process it, what's going on uh, biologically. But I, th- that sort of made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that resonated with me. I mean, thanks, thanks the Brown Marsh article about the dream section where they're talking about their best hunch is that the surreal impression created by deja vu fits with the cognitive texture of a dream rather than a real experience. And I, I can get behind that. It, it kind of does feel like a dream. I, I've often wondered when I had it, like, I mean, did I, dream, I don't think that I've been an experience. Like, I think I dreamed this. That's why some yeah, people I, kind of, exactly don't think it, yeah, they want, they link it to like, maybe it's being prophetic or something or, and, but it's not, it's just, something in your brain. I, I like that explanation too, that it does seem like I've dreamed this, but you really haven't dreamed it. It's just something's going on in, in the brain. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. Hmm. Any, any that you just feel, any of the explanations you just feel like, nah, 
this is just kind of a dumb explanation. <laughs> yeah, anything that, that fits there. I mean, to me, like the, the inattentiveness, you know, category, it's like, really? I mean, I, I, maybe that would happen once, you know, that, but it, it, that just did not seem like a really good explanation. It is like from Brown's first article that he refers to it as inattentional blindness, um, that you miss objects that are clearly visible again, uh, if, if they're focused on some other object in the visual array, and then all of a sudden you see it and you think, you know, you, you think you're having a deja vu. I, I don't know. That just seemed like a stretch. You know, yeah. Cause the because experience, it's, it's so holistic. I mean, yeah, it, and it's it, too much detail. Right. In some cases anyway. On the other hand though, that wasn't there. One of their studies was where they uh, would show a bunch of images and they would link like uh, a cross or something. They would put in, they would put a graphic and connect a, a graphic of familiarity and that they tended to remember those images that were connected to those. They would tended to remember unknown images connected with the graphic you know, they're false. I don't know if you call it false memories, but just whatever the, the false remembering because the graphic image was a part of that or something. I mean, there was that, there was that sort of, um, yeah, but you can't, you can't not, sorry for the double negatives here, but you can't not <laughs> be paying attention to something that isn't there. You know, like if they have to insert it later, mm -hmm. you know, that it just, it well, that it just is, didn't I, strike me as a very good. That was one. Of, that was one of the though. In accordance with what you're saying, though, they did mention that when uh, one of the possible explanations for why older people uh, don't have it as much is because um, because they because of their inability to their their inattention. You know, in other words, they're 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 less able. They're, they're less able to see things on the periphery than younger people are, and so they're less likely to have those remembrances of those things which i, I, I thought think that was kind of kind of dumb uh, maybe not dumb, but <laughs> i thought that was like come on like or maybe their brains have been working a lot longer and you know they just don't go asynchronous that as, as much i mean yeah I don't, you know, so you're, you're, saying, you're saying one of the other one of the other explanations could account for the same data or or lack thereof yeah maybe. yeah i, I just any of you noticed this but uh uh, this is in table two. Um, which, which article? This is the, the earliest article. Okay. Page 397. And, and it gives a list of percentages of incidences. And I noticed something there that um, the older you get in terms of when the study was done, the lower the percentage of incidences were. Yeah. So, so you know, if you're down in 1893, 1884, those are like the lowest percentage of incidences of deja vu. And and the highest ones were the ones that were coming in the 90s. So it seems to me like there's got to be something related to that. I think that's pretty significant. I'm not sure so is, what it is. Is it, a, is it the age of the participants, the, the people being studied, or is it the recency of the study? What, which one are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the recency of the study itself. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, they're each thing, they're independent studies, and the earlier ones – They'll say oh, only 50% yeah. of people had deja vu, but the latest ones, they'll say 100% did. So, like, what has happened in the last 100 years that has caused that? And one of the, one of the things they said was that uh, just the very idea of putting a word to this experience, deja vu, I mean, that word only goes back to the late 1800s. 
And then it didn't become popular in the in the vocabulary until probably the 30s and 40s. So maybe what's going on there is that uh, just because we have some way to describe it with a word, now yeah. people start to now they start to remember it. Are you are you wondering if that might skewer the numbers? Because I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it. Could be suggestion. Things that could that could be going on here. Like because I, I was thinking about that because Brian was talking about the age of people like they gave this weird paradox in that article that um, people who have who are like 60 years old. What was what it? Lifetime incidence of deja vu drops off dramatically in older adults. And yet um, they were all 20 years old at one point in time. So right. that doesn't make any sense. He calls that a paradox. I thought that was really, that was really interesting. So what are they doing? Are they forgetting it or, or what's going on? And, yeah. and I, you know, I just wonder if the age or the percentage, according to the, the date of the research, might not skewer uh, the way that we're perceiving older people as experiencing deja vu. Yeah, if you look at the table, the in, if, if you take just the ones that are over 60%, in incidence percentage, only two of the studies date before 1950. Right. Kind of reminds me of, of the whole, like after Roswell, all of a sudden, all these (laughs) alien abductions are happening, (laughs) you know, it's really, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or, I mean, but don't forget though, also as science advances, as technology advances or whatever, as method advances, we also become, uh, you know, you're also able to find things more easily than you could have in the past so for example you know whatever like in terms of physics uh you know we can we can be our our, um uh, our devices are more sensitive to earthquakes so it looks like we're having more earthquakes but we're actually not because we just have a more tuned science on it and so yeah could that also be part of the thing that that you know, we're focusing on it more. That doesn't mean it was happening less. It just means that they were less aware of or being able to put a, 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 a label on it. So, so it wasn't really as discovered because the, until the label was there, I don't know. It's a possibility. I found uh, what do you guys think about the, the related, uh, phenomena, the Jama, 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 yeah, but what's with the French names, by the way? Can't we just call it something else? I don't but, know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is much rarer. That was interesting. It, it is, but I've, I've I've experienced that, and it's it's so disconcerting that, like, I I'm would be curious, like, whenever I'm in an area that I, sh- I should recognize, I don't. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, am I developing Alzheimer's or something? You know, it, it's <laughs> yes, it's uh, that's very disturbing to me. It's more disturbing. I, I find. Um, deja vu, but disorienting and dizzying, and it seems important because it's so you know it's uh, how we experience it. But the other one, it it's almost like an out of body experience where like, hang on, I I I should like, why don't I know where I'm at? You know, when I'm in my living room or something. That's uh, it's very yeah. For for the sake of listeners, I'll read a sentence out of that section. You know, jamais vu is the, for example, you walk into the dining room in the home that you grew up in and it appears momentarily unfamiliar as if you're seeing it for the first time. So, yeah, I I don't think I've ever had this happen. No, I never have either. I have, but I just chucked it up to my bad memory. But it's mostly like faces or people I should know or something, you know, because I met them a couple times in the past years ago, but I like don't. Literally don't have any recognition, and my wife will tell me, 
you know, yeah, don't you remember this, this and that? And I'm like, oh, no, not really, you know. But that's I just chalked up to bad memory. And the other experience I've had is with words. Sometimes if I look at word, I'll, I'll see a word in a different way and, and it won't it won't remind it. it it, it doesn't have the same notion that I've always had looking at that word. It's like, is that that what is that spelled right? Is that even the right word? But then I've chalked that up to just simply, you know, in general, we tend to read words as a whole. And so maybe when I, if I start focusing on specific letters in the specific sequence, when I'm zeroing in, it looks different because I'm not looking at it as a whole. So I've just chalked it up to that, you know? Yeah. Your examples just sound like, you know, some kind of memory failure, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. like you just bad gonna, memory. Yeah. Chalk up jamais vu as increasing with age. Uh, no offense, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, because the, the, in the definition, the, the, the definition presumes this is not something you like the room you walk into is not something, a room you were in two or three times. Like you lived here yeah. and, and then all of a sudden it's unfamiliar. So that, that's a lot different than, meeting somebody at a, at a conference four years ago, you know, maybe even going to lunch with them. And then that's four years later and you don't remember their name. Well, you know, sure. You know, I I wouldn't expect you to remember their name, but I would expect you to remember the place where you grew up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's a little bit different. Interestingly, they, they say also related to Jamevu is semantic satiation, where the meaning of a word dissolves after repeated oral presentations or pronunciations. However, this is a poorer model because meaning dissolves only after forced repetition. But I've kind of had that too, where you're using something so much and you suddenly start to lose sense of its meaning until you consciously think about it. But again, that, you know, that's, I don't know that that's anything unusual. I think the real question is, can you have jamais vu and deja vu at the same time (laughs) where you think you've forgotten this before? In the same scene, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so let, what do we think of this? Is just I'm throwing this out here. I'm, I'm not saying I necessarily see a connection, but um, do you think deja vu and these possible cognitive processing and or memory explanations relate in any way to reincarnation or the Mandela effect? Can you define the Mandela effect for, for the audience? Well, you were, you were, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the Berenstain Bears thing. Okay. So like, like <laughs> people, people were, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we should just use Mandela. That's, you know, who it's named after. But the notion that you remember or, or people remember that Nelson Mandela died in prison. It's like, a collective like, thing though, right? Right. It's a, it's a collective so thing. Like, like lots of people, people remember this. That. Yeah. And so, you know, well, he didn't die in prison. And, and so what people who they argue about this disconnection, no, he really did. And so now we're, something must have happened in the in, in tearing of, you know, a, putting a tear in the fabric of space and time so that now we're all on different timelines. But some of us remember the old original timeline and, you know, this, this sort of thing. A glitch yeah. in the matrix. Uh, yes, a yeah. glitch in the matrix, you know, that, that sort of thing. So there's that. And then, you know, reincarnation, you have people have these, you know, these alleged, you know, memories of a past life. So do, you, do we think that this has anything to do with deja vu or, and especially maybe the possible explanations or are these just two entirely different things? Like, it seems to me that it, just take the reincarnation one. Um, 
and we'll just assume assume for argument that reincarnation is true. Um, how in the world could you possibly have been even in another life in any of these places where deja vu is taking place? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I think about all the places I've ever had deja vu. I can't imagine in any other lifetime that I would ever have it in that place. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Cause 50, 40 years ago, that place wasn't even there. It, it didn't exist. My family wasn't there. Like most of the time it's, I'll have deja vu with people in it, mm-hmm. which was really troubling. Like, I go back to the one incident that I told you about at the beginning. I was with my entire family and I was having deja vu of my family. I'm sitting there asking them, haven't you guys been here before? Don't you know what's happening right now? And they're just completely oblivious. Well, there's no way that could have happened in another lifetime. Yeah, like if they didn't exist or even objects, like let's say you were you're holding a, a cell phone. Okay, you know, or, or, you know, uh, just uh, the old dial phones or something that would just be chronologically. Well, but you've seen the cell phone picture of the, um, what is it, the man in black or whatever in the, in the 1860s picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Created before there was Photoshop, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think it could happen with like trees was standing it as opposed to cut down or newly planted. I mean, they're just to me, they're just too many variables. So I tend to agree with, you know, that, that it, it just it doesn't seem like like it would work or as an explanation. Um, just too many things that could be different and and couldn't be in that scene that you're supposedly you had supposedly experienced before. Like, have any of you ever experienced the Mandela effect personally? No, I I have like, I don't know if you've heard this one. It's a it's the one where Sinbad, the old comedian, was in this pirate movie and he played a pirate and you go on the Internet. It's like it never happened. This movie never existed. But I have seen it (laughs) (laughs) and I have friends that have seen it with their own eyes. It's the weirdest. I I used to love that movie. <laughs> Actually, I think I just experienced a combination of deja vu and jamais vu because I'm sure that I have experienced something like that where I mem- remembered something that didn't happen, but I can't remember what it was. So <laughs> but I'm not I'm not I'm not joking. <laughs> so I don't so, know. I don't know about the Mandela effect. That's my point. It's a, that's a weird thing. Plus, the parallel universe thing just falls into the same same problem that uh you know the uh multiple universes has it's completely speculative and philosophical and there's no way to experiment to discover if it's true or not so there's no observation you can make that you can actually provide evidence that it's true so it's just pure speculation and philosophy you know i mean do are 60 percent of the people experiencing different parallel universes at given you know at different given times over a couple of years or maybe we're just sort of the same biological kind of creatures where we occasionally experience glitches in our brains i mean what's the simpler definition explanation there now simple doesn't always mean it's accurate but it just it's so it's such a stretch to think you know a glitch in the matrix or something it's like oh come on you know, it's I, I watched a, one of the New Age videos that said, all right, if you're experiencing this, you know, there's something going on in your brain. So this is a great time to meditate. I'm like, well, OK, uh, I guess I, I guess I mean, but it's, it's, it's like a great time to let my the, my car whose engine isn't working idle. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a non sequitur. I'm like, what does meditation have to do with I'm experiencing deja vu? I'm, I guess I could say if you experience, you know, deja vu, it's, it, that's a great time to talk to the Lord. You know, it's like, that's always a good time to talk to the Lord. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, uh, it, it, it's weird. It's strange, but I don't think it, I don't think it, um, conforms to the Heiser rule of, of Bible study where if it's strange, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think that you could take the reason I asked the question is I think we, we'd all agree that the, the three articles, you know, gave us good stuff to think about as far as, you know, really you know, there, there are several coherent explanations, you know, for deja vu, you know, that it's nothing sinister. It's not pathological. It's just, you know, memory retrieval, brain, you know, processing information, you know, there's, things get out of sync a little bit for, you know, like the stress and fatigue is probably a big deal. Uh, I, you can see the patterning with travel and movies. Again, your, your brain just drops things into, uh, you know, again, sort of this general template idea and you, you know, you, you, I don't want to sound like George Bush, but you misremember, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that. Uh, I mean, all of that makes sense, but I, I really don't think those are very workable you know, when it comes to the, these other two things, even though both of these are going to involve memory, which is why I raised the question. So uh, it, it seems like I don't know how much help we get from what we read here in relation to those other topics. So I was just wondering what, how you felt about that. You know, do you get any, do we get any help here? Could it, could I add a different one in? It's a, sure. Since we're all, we're all Christians and they, there's no way you can test this because it's metaphysics, but since we're human beings creating the image of God and um, we're not just material creatures, like, so it's all their explanations have to do with the brain and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But do any of you have a sense or think that it's possible that the soul could be involved in deja vu at all? And if so, like, what would the, that even look like? Well, mm. Since I can't answer the second one, I'm, I tend to not regard the first one because I'd, I'd want to at least have a, have kind of a a working model for how that would be like like okay the the, the soul like what does that mean is it is it like I'm going back in in time or something I, I I don't even have a model to talk about that so do you I mean have you thought put any thought into that or no I haven't I, that's why I'm asking the question it just it struck me because there's no talk about it all in the articles which doesn't surprise me like I said right. there's no way right. you really could but. Well, I heard a long time ago uh, that deja vu could explain that you're kind of on the right path of what you're supposed to be doing and where you're at, like you're doing the right thing. So that's the closest thing maybe I could. So mm -hmm. maybe that could be your, you could interpret that as your soul kind of just affirming you're doing, you're in, you're where you're supposed to be doing, you know, you're, you're where you're supposed to be at. You're on the right path. That sounds, that sounds very pastoral. <laughs> and, and homiletical to me. Not, I mean, and that's not bad, but that, that's, that's, that's the only sure. example I could give up to what yeah. y'all are asking about the soul. Yeah. I, I just don't know why, why a, why an out of sync, and no, that's not the right word, but why this isn't the right word either, but why, why, why we need a disconnection between soul and body to explain memory when that seems to be really clearly a brain function. It, it, but of course that, pres that, presumes yeah that deja vu is only about memory you know? yeah, so, yeah so i have a presumption in there like one of the things about deja vu this goes back to doug's comment way earlier 
that I was thinking about. I, I can't remember a single deja vu experience that was, has, was meaningful in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. They were completely random. They, they didn't mean anything. It was just an event, you know, yeah. nothing spectacular. No, I didn't draw any meaning from it. I've never drawn any meaning from it. I just thought this is the weirdest thing. That's about, that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Trays would be meaningful because it, it, it traumatized him. You know, yeah. it, had, it still has a, it has a lingering effect, not because of sort of existential meaning, but it, you know, it affected him. So freaked me out. Yeah. And why, I, I every, why, why does that have to be scary? I guess he's, he's, yeah, no, I don't know, but you know, it was why probably it just a, because it was so unfamiliar. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, it yeah. defied your expectation as a kid, you know, the, just the way things are normally. Anything that's unknown is frightful to us, you know, until we understand it. We want control. We need control. And if we don't have control, if we don't understand something, we're frightened by it. That's common. Yeah. Well, I thought this was interesting. Um, you guys want to add anything? If not, we, we can wrap this one up. But I, I mean, I learned some things. I, I was surprised by some of the research, um, really the, the pervasiveness of, of the phenomenon. That, that really surprised me. But, um, you know, yeah, to, this is to, nothing I, don't, I jumped into before, so I learned some things here. Yeah, same here. And I, the pervasiveness of it, to me, was what makes it so worthy of, you know, reading these articles, you know, because this isn't just sort of these, oh, this is a paranormal anomaly, but this is like so widespread that there's got to be some kind of uh, examination of it scientifically. And, and I found a lot of these tests were, were very interesting, very fascinating, great attempts to try to you know objectively try to 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 uh understand what's going on you know and if you don't even if you don't agree with the conclusions whatever um i thought it was i recommend these articles this time to really read them because i found them very uh very interesting and helpful i found uh, tests so compelling that i was trying to i found myself trying to have deja vu as i was reading it (laughs) 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 but it didn't work (laughs) it'll it'll happen later when we're done (laughs) yeah Go back and read them again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, for everybody, for uh, being with us again for this episode. And, you know, we'll try to uh, try to fit another one in before our, our big – I don't want to telegraph too much, but uh, for those who listen to these episodes, we're going to have a, a, a live episode event in August. But we'll try to squeeze uh, something in before then, uh, certainly. We have, we have enough time to do that. So thanks, everybody, for being with us. Cool. Later. See you next time. See you again.